0: My guest today is Linda Healer. She is a professional certified coach and the founder of Live Life Inspired Coaching. I am so excited to dive in with Linda who is also a friend of mine. Thank you so much for joining us today on Women Developing Brilliance.
1: Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you for for having me, giving me this opportunity to be here today. I'm really excited because I I love you. I love what you do and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, I actually was a dental hygienist for 27 years before I became a coach. But I always knew that there was something else I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure what it was. And the the other piece of it, you know, I had a great family; everything was wonderful. I had two gorgeous kids, but I had a lot of um, I lived with social anxiety. For many, many years, for the majority of my life. And I was always looking for what it was that was gonna fix me, because I always thought I was broken, because I saw everybody else living their lives. And, um, you know, according to the world, I had it all, and I really did love my life. But there was just something going on in my head that was you know, that wasn't quite right. So, um, I went to counseling, did that. Um, and I, I got some, I got, I definitely got benefit from that, but as I tried to move forward, um, and do things that were outside of my comfort zone, I had, I just had this fear and I just was paralyzed. Um, and then I happened to meet a life coach and it was, um, It took me about six months to ask him what he did as a life coach, first of all, because, you know, again, I was too afraid to talk to people. Um, And then and then I I observed how he interacted. You know, he ran a group that I was in a book group and um, it was amazing. The questions that he asked and he just gave us the space to, to answer our own questions. And so. Um, in doing some research about coaching, I just thought, hey, this, I think this is what I have been looking for and not just what I need, but what I've been looking to do with my life. And so I ended up hiring a coach and working with one for a while and it, was, it, it, it transformed my life. And I just said, I said to my coach way back when this, I want to do what you do. And so, um, and so I did. And, And I went through, you know, coach training, got my credentialing through the International Coach Federation and started my business. And I absolutely love what I do today.
0: Oh, I love that. That's an amazing origin story. I want to go right back to one of the first things you said, which was social anxiety and fear, because so many of us are walking around with both. And those kind of emotions keep us so held back. So at what turning point did you realize, was it after you did counseling that it was like, you know what, other people are living differently and this is actually holding me back from living my best life. What was that like fork in the road for you?
1: That's a really great question. Cause I'm not really sure. Um, I, <sighs> I think it was, it was, so as part of my social anxiety, living with it, I, again, trying to fix myself, I did a lot of reading. So a lot of self-help books, uh, Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and all of those, those books, because it was like, I, this isn't right. I want to do more with my life. And, um, and I knew that I could, but I just had to get over myself it, I knew it, that I was the only thing that was holding me back. And so yeah, so I think I knew all along. Um I just needed to figure out how to fix myself.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's that's powerful. And I actually have both of those authors on my bookshelf. So <laughs> I'm right there right there with you girl. And so um I'm wondering for someone that doesn't know the difference between counseling and coaching could you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, that is, that's a great question, and I get that all the time. Uh, so, so counseling, the, the co- easiest way to think of it is, is counseling is about healing wounds of the past. So there's a, there's a wound there that needs healing. Um, and then coaching picks up where counseling leaves off. So coaching is very future-based. Where do you want to be? So you have a vision of the future, or and you keep getting stuck. So you keep attracting the same guy. You in your job, you can't move forward. You want to make more money in your business, but you get to a certain level and then you're stuck, and you can't figure out why. That's where coaching comes in. So coaching is not therapy. Um, However, coaching can be therapeutic. Absolutely.
0: Oh, it totally makes sense. Yes. Thank you so much for kind of explaining the distinctions between the two. And so I know that each client is different and their life um, experiences that they bring to the table, they're also different. But with that explanation, one of the questions that popped in my head is, okay, well then is counseling a prerequisite then to coaching? Like, do you feel you need to heal the past before you can move into
1: future projecting? That. Sometimes yes. Sometimes yes. And a lot of times uh, I do have clients who have come from counseling and they've gotten to that point where I just keep going back to my counselor. And this is what happened with me is my counselor kept saying, Linda, you're fine. You know, you've, you've healed the past and I, yeah, but I still have the fear. I still can't move forward. So, um, so that ha- that happens a lot. Um, what can also happen too is um, as we're doing the, the coaching things from the past can get dredged up because coaching is all about figuring out those thoughts and all of those um, limiting beliefs and those negative thought patterns that are keeping us stuck. And we call that your survival mechanism, your ego, your shadow self. There's all sorts of of names for it, but we call it your survival mechanism, which is basically just a bunch of stories you made up as a kid. Mm -hmm. And because of your experiences in the world. And so at times Uh, we might dredge some stuff up. I may, we don't spend a lot of time in the past, but we, I may ask a client, you know, when did you make that up about yourself? Or when did you make that up about the world? That's a good Um, one. That's a good one. Yeah. Or about money, you know, what, whatever it is that we're talking about. And if the client is bringing the past into their, their coaching sessions a lot and they're not able to forgive or get complete with the past, then I may say, "Hey, you know what? I think you need to go for a tune-up <laughs> to the to the counselor, to your counselor." And then um, and so, so so I do work in tandem with with counselors, and I think it's really I think that uh, uh, my clients I I do recommend that they have a good therapist just in case.
0: I really like that philosophy. And I also love the integrated approach. I've never really heard it explained like that. And it makes so, so much sense where when you need therapy to dig deep into a past wound or trauma that needs healing, then that's in the counseling realm. And if when you're ready to kind of like expand and grow and and really focus on on what the possibilities are for your life, a coach is a great mentor for that. So that's just so clear. I really, really like that a lot. Um, I Think that's really helpful to just make that distinction for sure. One of the things you mentioned a couple times was fixing, that you felt broke and that you felt you needed fixing, and that other clients may be coming to support to get fixed. Can you like dig a little bit deeper into that?
1: Yes, definitely. That is that is so great because with with coaching, I come at my clients that they are perfect, whole, and complete as they are. They're not broken. They don't need fixing. And so, however, a lot of us have that thought in our head. We don't relate to ourselves as whole and complete. So, so my job is to be that stand. Like I see you, you're, you're perfect, whole and complete as you are. There's nothing broken here, you know, and you can do this work. Um, and it's your work to do to break through those thoughts so that you can see who you are, that beautiful, pure essence that you were born to be in this world. You know, that's where your power, where your possibility, where your confidence comes is when you really get to meet the real you underneath all of those thoughts and all of those limiting beliefs it's really, yeah. I have the chills. It's so (laughs) inspirational. It's
0: like people get a life coach. It's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) It really is. It's like, there's certain things that you can do on your own, like self-help books and personal development, Mm -hmm. but then there's other things that you're just blind to, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're so close to the situation. We don't really know where our gaps are or why we keep tripping up into the same pothole over and over again. So just having that expert and that compassion, And not only that, but someone that holds the ideal that we are perfect and complete, it's just coming back to yourself, is such a beautiful thing. I I can feel that you really cultivate that sacred space between you and the client. Like, I could just feel your passion through what you said. Could you share maybe a story of a client that you coached where you saw, like, a breakthrough or a transformation through your time working together?
1: Um. So let's see. Which one should I share? Okay, so I will share. I so I will share with you a, a young woman who came to me. She was actually part of a, a group program, and she had one issue to work on, and um, one really really tough issue, and that was in her business and around um, around money. And, um, and she made great strides. She was able to take her business to the next level. And what was cool about that was beyond. So, so my group program was a five month program. So beyond that, you know, I, we completed, um, but I think this speaks to the coaching is, is, um, she continued to make great strides, not just in her business, but in her personal life in 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 her life. And she just came to me and said, you're not going to believe what happened, but this possibility for this new, um, this new possibility just opened up in my career and I'm going to take it. And it's like something she'd never thought could ever happen. And she said, it's because I had the foundation from your coaching and Mm -hmm. she said, she said now, and the cool thing was, she says, now I think I need to hire you again because now I can hear the thoughts because can I go to this next level? So she, she knows she can, but she also knows that now those other thoughts are going to, are starting to swirl. And so now she, again, she needs a tune up.
0: Yeah, good for her. That's amazing to keep the momentum going. And I think um, what really popped into my head when you were sharing that story, which amazing results, by the way, that's awesome, is on the solopreneur journey, there are so many things that challenge us. And I think it really puts a magnifying glass on our insecurities because it's just us behind our brand. We don't have really anything else to hide behind. We don't have a team. We don't have a boss. I mean, it's really... Us showing up on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. In that, what I see, especially with female entrepreneurs, and it sounds like this was maybe possibly um, an issue that your client was dealing with, are the self imposed ceilings that we put um, mm-hmm. on our own self. You know, no one else is dictating the rules, but somehow we say, you know what, I'm not worth making more than a hundred thousand. Who am I? to make 12K a month? Who am I to go and speak on you know, an, an international stage? And all the other different things that might come up, come out as we start growing. Deep down, when we ask ourself, I do I want a successful business? I would say nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 solopreneurs are gonna say, heck yes, that's why I'm putting in so much time and so much effort. But then somehow when these possibilities cross our path, it's very easy to shrink back. So can you talk a little bit about busting through those self-imposed ceilings that keep us limited in our own box?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> just a small question, just a <laughs> yeah, little <small right>? question. <laughs> right, Katie, thank you. <laughs> well, so this is such a, it's a great question, but it's such an individualistic question. So, um, when i 'm working with a client, it would be what are those thoughts that are coming up? Tell me number one well, the number one thing is a lot of times we don 't know what the thoughts are that are keeping us stuck, but we know how we 're feeling so that 's the cool thing. Um, it used to be uh, i I remember back you know ten fifteen years ago it was you know don't get stuck in the feelings you know you you know don't don 't feel the feelings. Well, that to me is the just the wrong advice. It's feel your feelings, notice them, don't get stuck in them, but they can be pointers. They they definitely are pointers to um, to what's going on in our life. So if you're feeling anger, okay, let's express that safely. Express that anger, um, but then then we can see what's underneath the anger, what's causing, what are the thoughts? Because it's a thought that caused that anger. It's a thought that caused that sadness. And sometimes, and I'm kind of going off a little bit on a tangent here, I hope this is okay. I love it, keep going, it's great. Well, I know for me that um, when I was, was living with my social anxiety, I would get depressed. Now I'm not, I'm using the word depressed. I was not clinically diagnosed with depression, but I just was very, very sad. And there were times when I felt like this deep, dark hole was gonna open up and just swallow me up whole. And it was because I, again, thought there was something wrong with me. But what I realized when I was going through the counseling is that it wasn't the sadness, that underneath that sadness, there was anger. Mm. There was anger. That's powerful. Yeah, because, and then once I expressed that anger, the thought that came up that was causing it was, I can't have what I want.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think a lot of people can relate to it. And I think that the understanding the link between emotions and how they trigger our reactions is so powerful. Once you get to the kernel of that, you've just kind of like unveiled a secret to how you can like. Um, you always talk about crafting your destiny or designing your destiny, mm-hmm. and that just completely popped into my head. Is like once you get to the kernel of how these emotions are linked and how you react to them, you have just unlocked that that magic. So cool! I love that. And so you are a self-proclaimed um, recovering people-pleaser. And, and, and I, my friend, am right there in the club with you. I'm raising my hand <laughs> for that as well. Um, I joke around about being a, um, a recovering perfectionist, but mm-hmm. absolutely on the people-pleasing side of things as well, as I think many women are. I think that's just a part of our general nature to be caregiving and make sure that everything's okay. Like, you know, moms have that like secret mom radar hearing, right? So they're always listening for who needs what, you know, they're on that kind of like underlying alert to make sure that they can be right there and rush to the aid of anybody, anything in need. Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey was like for you and if you still experience that in your today life?
1: yeah so the people pleasing i think people pleasing and perfectionism can go hand in hand i mean do, don't you think
0: agreed completely yeah,
1: yeah and uh so for me the people pleasing what i realized as i was doing this work that my social anxiety was actually i was so worried about what other people thought were thinking of me i wanted to, so so what i learned how to do, um, again, my, my survival mechanism was to morph into whoever you needed me to be. So Mm -hmm. I could just be, I, I could get along with anybody. Everybody loved me because I figured out who you needed me to be and I could be that person. And I had no idea who I was. I totally lost me. And it's just, and and it was miserable because I was, you know, okay. So if I please this person over here, then I make this person upset over here, but I don't want them to be mad at me. So, you know, how do it, it was, oh my gosh, it was a setup for disaster. And it was so not fun. Life was so heavy and it was just, it was that.
0: <laughs> I can, completely relate to that. Like I'm just pulling up stories in my mind and like memories from high school where it was like, I was a chameleon as well. And so yeah. you know how people always wanted to put a label on you growing up? Like, are you a jock? Are you like a freak? Are you an artist? Like, you know, <laughs> what, what, label, what click do you belong in? It was like, I could, you know, jam on science, just as much as art, just as much as, you know, whatever. And so no one ever really knew where to place me. And it was that exact Mm -hmm. same reasoning that you're talking about being a chameleon and showing up for how other people needed you to show up for them and their security and their enjoyment while really... Not being so in tune with yourself, and it's funny because even the simplest things, like this, is going to sound bizarre. Maybe not because you're a really experienced coach, but I'll share with you. Like I remember, like it was my 40th birthday, and my best friend was like, "What kind of cake do you want?" And I was like, "Um, I actually think I would rather have pie for my birthday. Like, I, I think I'm someone who likes pie." And I was like, "So excited! Like, I'm like, oh my god! Like, I have this, you know, like I have these." Um, desires and like, uh, inclinations of not just like, well, it's your birthday. You should eat cake. I was kind of like, I actually can make my own decision. I'd rather have pie, you know? And it's like those little bold, like things that may sound absolutely ridiculous, but at the moment I was like, this is a breakthrough. Like I'm actually getting to know who I am and like where I lean to. And that just started continuing. And I don't know if it's like an age-based thing. I'd love your opinion on that. If it's like doing the work, that allows you to tap into, um, to those things, those opinions and desires, or is it more, or maybe a combination of your age where you're kind of like, Oh, I, I get to be me. Like I'm going to show up as I am and everything's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, I can, I, I know in my experience, it was, I think a lot of it was age, Um, And I, one of my first coaches was, um, you know, go out and find out what your appetite is. Now that doesn't mean, you know, food wise, but, but just go and look and see what I like. I had no clue what I liked. And like you're saying, you know, pie cake, you know, which do you like better? You know, so I, so I had some fun with that, you know, and I got to have an opinion, I got to have an opinion. That was what was so cool is I got to discover what, what my opinion was. And rather than try and, and please other people by by finding out what their opinion was and then agreeing with them. And so I could say, and and I I, I do this all the time, it's like in my experience, in my opinion, because it's my opinion. No one can argue with that. They can say, well, you know, I can say, I would love to hear what your opinion is, but this is what I think. And I love to have those sorts of conversations too, because I'm not so set in my opinion that I won't listen to someone and um, maybe change my opinion. Of things. And so I love those conversations.
0: Absolutely. Um, They just have so many directions they can go in. And I'm sure our listeners are shaking their head too because I completely relate to what you're sharing. And um, almost word for word, it's kind of eerie. It's like, (laughs) oh, oh, this is interesting. We think we're so unique, but we have Mm -hmm. very similar patterns, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's something beautiful about that because once you recognize the pattern, you can kind of bust through and find a new direction that's going to serve you a little bit better. And so now I want to just shift directions just a little bit. That was really awesome. But I'd love to shift directions to um, how you kind of establish boundaries in your world today, because I know you, like a lot of the listeners and a lot of my clients, um, having that social do-good aspect baked into their life is such a valuable and needed and near and dear thing to their heart. Like they wouldn't think about doing life any other way. And I know that you're very similar to that as well. You do a lot of volunteer work. You're an integral part of your church. Uh, You're the president for a not-for-profit local women's group, the Rochester Women's Network. That's how I initially connected with you, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. And a lot of these things, they take up time. And they take up energy, and so I'm wondering, how do you find a balance of growing a successful, thriving, sustainable business and showing up in all these other
1: um, not-for-profit sectors? Well, this it it is it is a balancing act. Uh, I I will so I'll tell you, um, my best friend and I, who I met years ago. We have this thing where we touch our nose and we just go, it's, let's just do the next right thing in front of our nose. Ah, I love it. And so, um, when I talked about feelings, okay. So when I'm, when I'm, um, doing my work, when I'm trying to, you know, see, okay, what should I do next? I think about how I'm feeling about, let's say my volunteer work. Am I caught up on my emails? Do I need, have a meet, meetings I have to attend? What, where is it? And prioritizing too. So um, I love my volunteer work. However, me being president of RWN, it's a volunteer position, but if I go out of business, what am I gonna need? <laughs> a women's network for her right mm-hmm. so i have to prioritize that my business comes first and i've always said too that my family comes first so so it's it's that okay Where am I? How am I feeling? Have I not seen my husband or my kids or my grandkid in a while? You know, am I, you know, am I missing them? Okay. So the next right thing in front of my nose is to set up time with them, Mm. you know? Oh, or am I behind? Oh my gosh, I'm feeling like this energy leak because I'm really behind on my emails. So, okay, the next right thing in front of my nose is to catch up on my emails. And maybe I need to schedule some time into my calendar for that, Mm -hmm. you know, to actually administration time. Um, I know for my business, the thing that gets in the way is the, the admin work and, you know, balancing my books. Thank goodness I have a great bookkeeper. Um, but I have to balance my books. So I know that I need to make that a priority. And again, when I feel that power leak, you know that energy drain, then I know, okay, the next right thing is for me to go and balance my books.
0: I love it. That's so practical. It's easy for people to implement. Um, and it's, I love the fact that your, um, your root is to tap into how you're feeling if Mm -hmm. you're feeling guilty if you're feeling behind the eight ball you know and how do you want to feel and be really aware of the power energy leak that you just coined i really think that that some everybody can relate to that like oh my gosh if i'm feeling overwhelmed because i haven't gone into my inbox in five days what do i need to do and then implementing a small strategy you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. do a time block in your calendar now, like the problem is solved, you Mm -hmm. know, and just really looking at that. I think that that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that tip. I think it's going to be really valuable for people.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah. So, um, also one of my last questions is how do you prevent burning out? How many years have you been in business? Uh, nine years. Nine years. So that's really huge, right? Especially mm-hmm. in today's world, especially being a solopreneur, and especially being in a market where there are thousands of coaches just like me, right? Like there's a life coach, there's business coach. Coaching is a big industry. It's kind of a, a boomed, right? So I'm wondering, in all of that nine-year period, what kind of things do you do to, um, to prevent burning out and to still show up with... Just as much enthusiasm as
1: day one nine years ago. Um, I have to practice what I preach. <laughs> so I have a coach. I have to work on myself. Um, I have to work on those stories in my head. And that big one, as I said earlier, was I can't have what I want. Um, the other thing was, um, who am I? You know that that whole who who do you think you are to have what you want. So that, that to me, because it was work, 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 work. I got to make this work. You know, the, again, the stories, I can't fail, can't fail. You know, I, I I couldn't face everybody if I failed and it's kind of letting go. It came to the point where I had to say, you know what, I'm going to do my best at this, at, at this business. And you know what, if it doesn't make it, if I don't make it as a coach, so be it. I know the universe has something even better for me. Mm. So again, it's, it's that outlook, it's doing your work, that work of transforming um, your thoughts. Because again, we, we are the only ones who are standing in the way of what we want. And I'm not going to kid you, and you know this, that the work of transformation is hard work. Absolutely.
0: It is. It is some of the most challenging um, experiences that you'll ever go through. But the flip side is, it's so rewarding as well. And the other beautiful thing is, once you like bust through a block, you are you are always making progress moving forward, like step by step by step. Like you're not going to go backwards. Like you've you've you flipped a chapter. There may be like a hundred more chapters ahead of you, but you flipped the other chapter behind you. And that part is really exciting. Like whatever you learn and the, the blocks that you transform and push through are always yours. No one can
1: take away that experience from you and that learning from you. hundred percent. And, and I, I tell my clients or I tell a prospective client, look, this is going to be the hardest thing that you do. And you're not alone. That's what you, you know, I'm here to support you. You don't have to do it alone, Um, but it's your work to do. I can't drag you across the finish line. And I won't. I won't. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And I promise, I promise them, if they stick with it, there's gonna be times when they're gonna wanna quit. But if they stick with it, it's going to be so worth it. And they're gonna look back and they're gonna say, gosh, you know, that was hard, but it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. How can people get a hold of you?
1: So, probably the easiest way is through my website. It's liveinspiredlifecoaching.com.
0: Awesome. I'll share that link in the show notes as well. And if you could um, leave us with some departing words of wisdom, some bright light, what would
1: it be? Okay, so um, this, you know, I think the, the thing is, we don't understand how powerful we really are. Mm. And I really want to, I want to challenge your listeners. Okay, so I think it was in 2009, the Dalai Lama gave a, um, gave a speech at the National Institute of Health, And he said that it it will be the Western woman who changes the world. Mm, And it it was interesting as I was doing research on it. It was like, he didn't really explain exactly Mm. what he meant by that. So my interpretation of that is ladies, it's time for us to give ourselves permission to find our voice and to start stepping up and leading our lives, giving giving us permission not to go out and try and fix everybody else, but permission to focus on us because again, Gandhi said, be the change that you wish to see in the world. We can't change anyone but ourselves and that is more than enough. So Mm -hmm. my challenge to your, your listeners is to, you know, please be the change. Please focus on yourself and give yourself permission to, to step into your own and leadership because we need the kindness, the empathy, and the compassion that that women have today. Because look at the state of our, our world. Fighting is not, it's not helping. Mm-hmm. We need some compassion, empathy, and non-judgment.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I love that message. I can feel the truth in it. You know, truth has this really beautiful vibration that goes right into your, your body, right into your heart, right into your soul. You can feel when something is true because it resonates in such a beautiful, pure way. And Linda, I absolutely adore you. I am honored to call you a friend, and I can't wait to air this episode. Thank you so, so much for talking with me today.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity. And uh, right back at you, sister.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Until next time. See ya.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's
0: episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.